biggest games. The biggest events. Wow, the crowd is on their feet. The biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I thought it was just in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I actually almost just said OGN Overwatch Apex Podcast because I've been editing Overwatch content all morning. But I'm Rachel, and I'm joined by Jacob today on the desk per usual. We have Tarika, our lovely podcast producer, next to us, and we have a new guest today, Emily, also known as League of Emily for those on Twitter. Emily, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Um, why don't you introduce yourself really quickly? Um, so my name is Emily Rand. I previously worked with Yahoo Esports and the Score Esports, and now I am a freelancer for many places, including ESPN. Uh, right. I we work closely together. We know we've actually known each other for quite some time, actually. Yeah. yeah since here. you since we like demanded that you translate. For uh, an IEM, I think. Oh, yeah, I remember like, that. Me and Kelsey were, like, pushing for you to translate at IEM. Oh, I And then we were, like, cheering you on. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice of you guys, actually. I didn't know that you guys were, like, asking for that. That's really sweet. I think the first time Emily and I met was we did a talk show together. I was a guest on a talk show that she was on, I think, like, two and a half years ago, three years ago. It's been a while now. Holy crap. So... Yeah, we brought you on to talk about the uh, Jensen acquisition. All and right. I had just I moved remember. back, like, across the country. So I, like, barely remember that because I had also been awake for a really long time. Oh, my God. But, yeah. I'm surprised you remember the topic. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember the show, and I remember, like, you were I, – I remember Draco's hosted, and you were on, and, and Nukes was on, but I – could not remember what we talked about. I Wait, just like the Jensen acquisition, like after he got Club perma-banned? Nine. After he got unperma-banned. Yeah. Oh. yeah, after he got unbanned. Wow, that I was a long time ago. About yeah, that was when he had, <laughs> uh, that's when he had like a 10, it was 10,000 euro a month contract with Cloud9 that like before he even got unbanned to basically like you will not sign with anyone else because we're paying you 10,000 uh, euro a month and that yeah, that's what happened and then he signed with Cloud9 when he got unbanned, so... Wow. I, for a second, I thought you were going to say 10,000 year ban. I was like, mm, believable, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's dive into the League of Legends World Championship because that's going to be our main topic for today. Um, Emily, you've been staying up all night watching the games live. How's your sleep schedule? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's like pretty similar to watching LCK in season. So it's not like a huge a uh, difference for me, I guess, personally, because I'm usually on, like, a weird rotating schedule of naps anyway, so... Wait, really? Um, do you I'm not... No longer... Do you not sleep like a regular... <laughs> regular human being? No, I don't. Oh, no. man. Um, yeah, I haven't since I, like, uh, don't have to work in an office anymore. Um, yeah. Okay, so... So, it's, like, it's not super different. Okay, so I wanted to ask both of you, Jacob included. Um, what were some of your biggest takeaways so far from the tournament? Like, what teams did you expect to do well going into the playing groups versus the current state of things nowadays? Um, Emily, why don't you kick us off? Um, so I think Gambit losing was a surprise to me, um, even though 
it's not uh, it's not as shocking as I feel a lot of people are making it out to be. I was surprised because I did pick Gambit to get out of that group. Um, I think Lion were really good in shoring up a lot of the weaknesses that they had uh, that I'd seen them have previously at international events. Um, and then Fenerbahce, I had actually picked them in my ESPN preview to um, <laughs> make it out of that group first. Um, but that was also when I thought they were going to be playing with move. Um, so I was kind of nervous about the crash substitution, but it ended up working out, uh, and they still made it out first in the group. Yeah, um, I, I know Tyler so. would want me to say, since he's not here today, I know he would want me to point out that he called that Fernabachi would upset everyone during the play-in groups. So you're welcome, Tyler. Um, so are Fernabachi the real deal, or are they just... I feel like a lot of their games have been, they've been ending up in these circumstances that just seem to really suit them well. I think that they are definitely a lot better than people would have given them credit for. And I think that their group kind of benefited them. I said it last week. I don't think below, um, below Flash Wolves that a lot of the teams in Taiwan are very good, including HKA. I think that they're solid, but I think Fenerbahce is an actually very high level Turkish team, and Turkish teams have traditionally done. Pretty all right and when it comes to the international stage. They're one of the wild card regions that has been consistently good over the last four years. So I expected Fenerbahce to come out first to groups, like I said last week. And I think um, even with the substitution, hot take, I, I do think Crash is a better jungler, so this might be better for them. Um, but I, I know that you know there's always the slight chance that they do much worse if they substitute someone in that they haven't played with regularly like they have a move. So... Um, yeah, I, I mean, pretty much expected for me in that case. Okay, um, the question I asked earlier was, so, again, are they the real deal, Emily? Like, yes. <laughs> Jacob, no, I said I, Emily! Yes. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> um, I think, I think they are, like, the real deal as much as, uh, I mean, I think they're, coming into this event, I thought they were the strongest minor region team by a significant margin, actually. So even though I did pick Gambit to make it out of um, Group A, I did think that Fenerbahce were a, a stronger team than Gambit just because I feel like they know how to play around their strengths, especially with um, mid-jungle and facilitating Frozen, which is actually, that was one of the reasons why I was worried um, a little bit about the crash substitution because it was a last-minute substitution. They didn't have a lot of practice, um, regardless of whether uh, Crash is a better or worse jungler. Um, I thought that might be a problem, but it obviously wasn't as much. Uh, so I think that's why I think Fenerbahce are really strong. I think any team that can really identify how uh, they should play optimally with their set of players is always going to be a fairly strong team. And I also think that uh, Saldrin deserves a lot of credit, their top laner, um, just for being a really good in-game leader in terms of how he sets up for team fights for that team. So he's also a player that, even though a lot of people are obviously going to look at Frozen, they're going to look at Patton just because he's kind of insane. Um, I think uh, Saldrin deserves a bit of a shout-out here, too. Right, and you mentioned this briefly. Uh, I wanted to get back to Gambit really quickly. Uh, they're definitely a team that both me and Jacob also expected to do well, and we even mentioned it on our podcast last week that we hope that they could have redeemed a lot of their legacy at the World Championship. Uh, what do you think went wrong with them? 
Um, I mean, I think so. I think it's a matter of Gambit maybe not performing as well as we thought they would, and then also Lion performing a lot better than I or than I personally thought they would. Um, just because I watched Lion for a while, and their issue was never the early game. It was always transitioning early game advantages from like their strong lanes into actual success. And uh, we again saw them fall victim to that against WE, but against Gambit, they were able to actually transition that into wins. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that even in um, the CIS, uh, so the LCL uh, playoffs and finals, um, or the LCL regular season finals, um, Gambit was they're smart about the way they set up for things, but their execution is no ways there. And I think that uh, hindered them a lot against Lion. All right. Now, Jacob, I want to ask you this. So it seems like I listed I listed this in our outline, the teams that were not so surprising in how they perform. Cloud9, Fnatic, Team WE. What were your impressions of, I guess, the big three in the playing group stage so far? Cloud9 looked really good. Uh, team 1, I... Again, I think Turkey and Brazil are the two two regions who historically <laughs> have done well. Um, team One is obviously a very different team than we've seen in the past of of your Pain Gamings and others who are really good from Brazil and have been previously. Um, so Cloud Nine did really well, and I want to see their next matches uh, to really make a final call on how good I think they are at the moment because we haven't seen much outside of the gauntlet in this. Um, WE, wow. Uh, I think they kind of took it for granted. If There was an interview after the first Lion game where they basically did not take Lion seriously, and that almost like got them smacked in that first game that they played against Lion on day one. So uh, Team WE needs to take their opponents more seriously in this play-in, as I think it's really important. And then Fnatic... They Fnatic got looked, today. Yeah, Fnatic looked... <laughs> Fnatic looked pretty solid. So, um, but like, they lost to Young Generation this morning. I think Young Generation is not a terrible team. Like, I mean, do you think that speaks to Young Generation's strengths, or is Fnatic just not as strong as we thought? Fnatic is probably the third best team in Europe, and Young Generation is the second best team in Vietnam. And Vietnam, based off MSI and Gigabyte Marines, have shown to be one of the stronger wildcard regions. So... I think that I mean, they're okay. So I actually disagree with this a little bit, even though Young Generation performed better than I thought they would. Watching them coming into this tournament, I was like, okay, Fnatic cannot drop a game. Otherwise, it's kind of... Um, it's going to look not so great for them. And I think uh, Young Generation, they had that... So in their uh, in the game that they did beat Fnatic, which, if you remember, they actually almost beat Fnatic in their first uh, game as well. Um, right. They had that, like, 13-minute side lane rotation where they rotated their uh, bot top, and I think they really were able to exploit the fact that Fnatic was really slow uh, to pick that up. Um, they exploited the fact that they do have a strong bot lane, and they also, um, I think one of Fnatic's weaknesses has been... Uh, with their mid-jungle pressure, they don't transfer it as well as other teams, uh, say, like, a C9, for example, where we saw Contract and Jensen were working really well together at this tournament, right? And that was actually super huge for them. And it was something I was personally worried about after their uh, after their qualifier run 
Um, but they seem to have shored it up before before play-in. And I think that that was one of the things that so Fnatic have been making these mistakes previously, and I think it was good on Young Generation that they were able to exploit that. So do you think that they're going to learn from these mistakes? Because it, it looks likely that Fnatic is going to eventually make it out of the play-in stage and into the group stages. Or do you think these are the kind of mistakes that take a lot of time to sort of overcome? Um, I think Fnatic, so they're facing HKA in their best of five. Um, And that's actually a really interesting matchup because I think the teams are kind of similar, especially in the way that they both want to play um, with having a strong bottom lane uh, is actually like super important for both teams, right? So um, I still think Fnatic will eke it out, but I think it's going to be a closer series than a lot of people think. And I think that the, the problems that Fnatic have shown aren't, particularly new like it's stuff that other european teams were exploiting uh back in europe too right so um i still think they'll make it out uh but i won't be like shocked if hk beat them don't want to skip too far ahead on our topic list but i agree with emily uh no 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 not you at all i i was thinking of some other stuff but uh, i agree that Fnatic and i think c9 as well also have the hardest series in the second part of this whereas i think Fenerbahce will probably beat one pretty sloppily uh from one side of the the table and then i think we and yg is a little bit uh easier in we's favor whereas i think these two other series are the ones that will be worth watching this upcoming weekend so i think Fnatic and hka is a good matchup and i still think that Fnatic is not picture perfect like they do Broxa, in particular, did very well in this this stage. He did a lot better than I would expect of a rookie who's never played on uh, who's never played on the international stage. We actually had a piece go up with Adele that was about uh, Soaz basically just saying like, "Yeah, we have two rookies and we're not expecting a lot of results." Um, so with Caps, Caps did fine. I, I wouldn't like give him an A plus star, but I would give Broxa like an a exceeds expectation, right? Like so I think I think that Fnatic has some stuff to work on throughout this week, which I believe they will. Uh but I do think that this is one of the harder series in the next set of plans. All right, more ESPN esports in a moment, but first we'd like to hear from you. Whether you're new to the podcast or have been listening for some time, we'd like to know how we're doing. So leave us a rating and a review. If you like what you hear, make sure you're subscribed so we're easy to find next time. And if you subscribe in the ESPN app, we can send you an alert whenever we have a new episode. And you can always tweet us your thoughts at ESPN underscore esports, at Rachel Younggu, at Jacob and Wolf, and at League of Emily. And we're back with the ESPN esports podcast. Uh, We left off talking about the matchups coming up this weekend for the play-in knockout rounds. But first, I kind of want to review the format because we're moving from best of one to best of five. Uh, Emily, what are your thoughts on that, and what teams will adapt best to this format? Um, So I think this is where you're probably going to see uh, the major region teams, um, especially looking at WE. I think they're a team that might look a little bit better in a best of five than they do best of ones, because they tend to do really silly things in best of ones sometimes. And hopefully they, you know, will take this seriously and kind of come in uh, because they do have, they usually do have pretty strong success in best of fives. Um, Same with, 
I mean, Fnatic HKA is interesting because, again, they're both, like, major region teams. Um, I think C9 versus Lion, this is probably where, even though I'm really looking forward to this matchup, this is uh, where you might see C9 pull ahead a little bit as well. Um, in a best of five series where even though they they still look strong in best of ones, um, they'll also perform really well in a best of five setup. So my question is now, who do you think will really struggle with this best of five format? I mean, I want to say team one, but I also think team one will struggle regardless. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so that's not like a that's not like a best of five thing because they actually um, it, team one are such a weird team, right? Because they're not. You, no one is going to look at this team in Brazil and be like, this is the top mechanical players in the region, right? So, um, oh, Be careful, Emily. Got... You might get a bunch of Brazilian fans on you. No, I mean, I think they know that. The, <laughs> this team has, has succeeded because they've adapted, right? Because they've learned. Um, and they've been able to capitalize on mistakes that their opponents make, especially like their final series against Pain Gaming, they came in really prepared for that best of five. Um, and they Pain kind of tends to sit back and then try to outplay you late. Um, and they really took advantage of that. So, I mean, I wouldn't even say that, like, one is a bad best of five team. I've seen all of these teams in best of fives. Um, I think, I still think one is going to lose, though, sadly. I think young generations also going to struggle um, simply because Chinese teams. Uh, so, just as a side note, what what do we praise Korean League of Legends for a lot? It's adaptation, and I think that China has uh, struggled with that internationally in the past. But I think that WE can figure it out. So I think um, I think that in this case, that if young generation like throws a curveball then I think that uh, WE can certainly take it and understand what they did wrong and adapt within a series. Uh, I don't really, and I don't know the WE players like personally or anything, I don't think any of them are super major tilters. There are definitely some people in the Chinese region who are, um, but they are not the ones that strike me as such, at least not in a really negative way, like someone like Uzi. Um, however... Dude, uh, Uzi gets the world's buff. I mean, great, great player, that. but he's he gets really angry. So, yeah, no, that's um, fair. I so I think that young generation, even if they win a game, I think WE will will look at what they did and they'll they'll analyze and go back, go back to the locker room per se, or go back to the green room and figure it out and come out the next game and just crush. And I certainly think that uh, that is going to be the most one sided series of all of these. All right, well, let me get your predictions for the matchups coming up this weekend. First, we have Cloud9 and Lion Gaming. Emily, what's your score for this one? Um, I think C9 will come out on top, but the reason why I think this is a really interesting matchup is because Lion, so even before they made it out of this group, the thing that I really recognized Lion for is um, their strong late, like strong early laning phase um, and their ability to get these early advantages in games. Um, and previously, their hang-up has always been, again, transitioning that in mid-game. And then also, they have struggled at in best of five previously um, at, interna- at international competition. So I am really looking forward to this matchup. I want to see the, how Lion try to exploit some of C9's uh, early game weaknesses. Like, we saw them go down to 
the Dire Wolves in one of their matches, and I think C9 do make a few mistakes early that Lion will be able to capitalize on. Um, but I do ultimately think that C9 is going to come out of uh, this matchup. I'm going to say... I want to say 3-2, but I'll I'll go with 3-1. I'll give C9 the benefit of the doubt. Oh, man. Okay, Jacob, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go with that 3-2 prediction, Emily. I think that um, <laughs> this is... Like, Lyon impressed me. They, they were not a bad team by any means. Um, they almost bested WE. They certainly exceeded my expectations when it came to playing in a group that I thought that they possibly, and maybe that's just because Gambit underperformed, but that they possibly were going to get doomed. And and they smacked Gambit around, and they almost beat beat WE. So I think that this is going to be a very close series, and I'm really happy. I think that this just a and they're a good example of this. Um, I think that this new format allows the ability for certain outliers among the wild wild card regions, if we still want to call them that. I think that. Um, this allows for some of the outlying teams that are really good in their regions, whereas their regions as a whole might not be great, but they are phenomenal. Um, Flash Wolves four years ago, five years ago. Um, I think that this allows for them to show what they're made of and sh- really have a good performance, and I think Lyon is a great example of that as is Fenerbahce. So I think that this is going to be a very close series. I still will give it to Cloud9, but I think it will be closer than anticipated. Are you on the Audi hype train? I mean, I think he was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, I think he was solid. So. All right, next matchup: Fnatic versus HKA. Emily. Um. Here's where I'm gonna go three two. I will pick Fnatic, but again, this is going to be the series that I, I think I'll be surprised the least if HKA uh, knock out Fnatic, just because I think these two teams are kind of similar in a lot of their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think where you really want to be looking is at the bot lane um, because both of these teams are really heavily reliant on getting those bot lane advantages. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go 3-2 Fnatic. What about you, Jacob? I'm going to go 3-2 Fnatic as well, but I will agree that this is the one series that could be flipped on its head um, simply because I think that these teams are very close with one another in terms of skill. So I will not be surprised if HK, HKA wins this, and Europe only has two teams in group stages. <laughs> All right. The third matchup, Fenerbahce and Team 1. Oh, man. I want Team 1 to win so badly because I watched them all year. Your I inner CB Wool fangirl. Yeah, <laughs> I watched them on their INTZ Genesis. Because um, this is, so people might not know this, this is like not the team that was expected to come out of Brazil at all. Um, and they have been playing professionally, like, in CB Law for one split. What? Um, previously, they yeah. were INTZ's, uh, like, challenger team. Um, I didn't know so that. So, with, with a few substitutions, but, like, for the most part, uh, they um, are the INTZ Genesis who qualified for CB Law. This for is your modern-day Brazil- Brazilian Cloud9 from, like, 2013, where they come out a challenger. Uh, uh, like, I, I wouldn't say not any... Not really. <laughs> um, I think that... So, what Team 1 is missing, in my opinion, and actually... So, going into their group, I was like, C9 is the absolute worst matchup for this team because um, C9 can just mechanically outplay them. 
regardless. So the mechanical discrepancy, and I think we really saw that, right, with Team 1 and C9, where the difference in individual play was just so insurmountable for Team 1. Um, and when you fall that far behind, they couldn't really adapt very well. Um, against Direwolves, a team that they were more evenly matched with mechanically, that's when you saw Team 1 adapting, right? That's when you saw them not drafting all losing lanes in the Jack's jungle uh, after that first game. And I think um, Team 1 are not a dumb team, some of Forland's invades aside, Um, but I think they will struggle against Fenerbahce, which is a team that even with uh, the jungle substitution, really knows what their strengths are, has better players. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to – I really want one to take a game, so I'll go 3-1 Fenerbahce, but I will not at all be surprised if it's a 3-0. Emily, if you can give um, them any advice, like, before this matchup, in, like, less than 10 words – Yes, less than 10 words only. Like, what would you say to them? Forland. Stop invading with no vision or minion pushes. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with three zero. I actually think that there is a significant discrepancy between Fenerbahce that we saw in, in their first part of play in and uh, Team One, and I think that's a little bit of inexperience. But uh, Emily makes a good point, which I was I was incorrect. They don't have anyone that strikes me as like a, a high right. Like that's a strategy focused singular player you know not like super high they're not super high mechanically but they also don't have the kind of like the overlord on the team and so uh, so i i don't know man i got i think that this is going to be a 3-0 and i think it's going to go to Fenerbahce. all right and our last matchup team we and young generation um i'm going to say 3-1 only because i think we will like do something Random uh, in one of their games, either in draft or in executions, that will allow young generation to take advantage of them in a game. Um, but I do think WE are the better team, um, and I hope that they show that. WE made me really nervous in the group, actually. Um, Why? Because is that? I, yeah, I do think this is a good. I do think WE are a good team. And um, I also do think that they will come up with some sort of maybe wonky draft in one of the games that will allow YG to take a game. Um, but ultimately, I will go WE3-1. Jacob? I'm going to go with the same. I think that that's fair. I think that uh, there will be the, the one curveball from YG or it will be WE overlooking something dumb. And... After that, they'll buckle down, and they'll. I, I think it will be like it will go. We wins first game. YG wins second game. We wins three and four, and that's probably going to be how this series goes. All right, so I I have compiled your predictions, and you guys mostly agreed. So it's going to be Cloud Nine, Fnatic, Fenerbahce, and Team We. So these chosen teams that you guys predicted will make it out of the group, the play-in uh, knockout round. Who do you think will go the farthest? Or who do you think can make the biggest impression on the actual group stage, the actual world championship? Because it is random, right? They get placed into random groups after this. Right. It's all randomized. I think, um, so there are certain groups that they can't be placed in. So, like, 
if we're if we're saying Fenerbahce is making it out, right? Um, that means that there's also a chance that they could end up, I believe, in Group D. Um, so TSM Misfits and Flash Wolves, um, <laughs> rather than Team WE, right? So uh, I feel like if you're a North American fan, you want uh, Fenerbahce to make it out, and then you want them to be placed in that group. Or, I mean, heaven forbid you want um, Team 1 to make it out and then they get placed in that group. But, uh, yeah, I think... So C9 has to go to either Group A or Group C, which is not good for them either yeah. way because that's uh, Edward Gaming, SKT Group, and Group A, and a G2 Samsung Royal Never Give Up, probably the hardest group in the entire uh, in the entire yeah, they... <laughs> world. So and they because they can't you go in Group B or Group B. B. Yeah, uh, yeah, that group is already whew, yeah definitely the roughest. So C9, I don't think C9 makes it past group stage either way. Like. Even if you do end up in the Edward Gaming SK Telegram group, which is the better of the two outcomes, because you can't end up in Group B because there's another NA team in Immortals. You can't end up in Group B because there's another NA team in TSM. So you have to end up in one of those two. And I guess you hope for the stars and land in SK Telegram's group, which is the first time you ever say that at a world championship. But you <laughs> you definitely don't want to end up in, in the G2 Samsung RNG group either. Um, yeah. So, and that. That would make, uh, if that is, if they do end up, so here's the way this works. If C9 does end up in Group A, then Fnatic has to end up in Group B. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all right for Fnatic, to be honest, because Longju is the standing favorite, in my opinion, in that group. And IMT and Gigabyte Marines are would be at least slightly competitive with Fnatic. Like, I think that, like, maybe IMT is a little better. Um, depending on how the HKA Fanatic series goes, I think uh, Gigabyte Marines is also all right. Like they weren't a bad team in MSI. I don't think they've gotten any weaker. So I think that Group B would be a little murky with the waters with Fanatic. Uh, and Fernabachi, you yeah, you hope they make Group D because the they the way that it's played out is there's no other Turkish team in Group Stage, so they can in theory end up anywhere, uh, which is not good for them. So. All right, so I'm just going to leave out. I just hit my nose with the mic. Um, I'm just going to leave this podcast off with an open-ended question. Emily, do you have any final words for Worlds? Any lasting comments? Um, I mean, I hope that people find this group stage fun. Like, um, So people who might not know me whatsoever, I am... I've been a huge proponent and follower of wildcard regions, specifically Brazil, since season four. Um, and I know that this is something that comes up every time where people are like, oh, you know, we wish KT Rolster could be here instead of one of these teams. We wish, um, and like, I wish that too, because uh, another thing you might not know about me is I'm a huge KT fan and I was really upset when they didn't make it. Um, but I also think that, Uh, people need to remember that the world championship ultimately as it's designed is a celebration of teams from all around the world. And I, despite uh, some grumbling about the level of play uh, during plans, I hope that people can really enjoy these games and maybe find a team that they didn't, you know, know of, or maybe find a player that they didn't know of in a minor region that they might follow in the future. That's my hope anyway. 
Wow, that's really well said. We haven't really had a player like that. Uh, we the the two that always come to mind are Holy Phoenix, who the Turkish AD carry, who was really good, um, much better than everyone in Turkey, and pretty on level with a lot of the North American and European AD carries as well. Likrit. And then uh, Lacrit was good. I would say he was the, really memorable from last year. Like that's one of the th- few things I remember. And he's not on Gambit, so that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> And then the other one would would obviously be Lep, and not for good reasons. Um. <laughs> oh, oh God! All right, all right. That's uh, I think we're out of time okay, now. We're, we're out of time. We're out of time. Uh, that's it for our podcast today. Thank you, Jacob and Emily, for joining me. For more esports content, you can check out ESPN.com/esports, or you can follow us on Twitter at Rachel Youngu, at Jacob and Wolf, and at League of Emily. Leave all your hate comments for Jacob. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.